0: A surge in unskillfulness leads to a surge in harm. And a surge in harm can lead to chaos, and chaos can lead to dissolution, and to sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. So these are natural outcomes of a degradation of Dhamma in the world. But this happens in cycles from in the last century. There were world wars. And there was so much destruction and systemic murder going on. My family members were involved in that. It was horrific, unimaginable treatment of human beings. It doesn't stop. It dies down for a while and then it arises again. Because people follow the ways of ignorance and the ways of greed and the ways of hostility. And when the mind is ignorant, then it's easy to think that the person that you don't know that looks different than you is somehow inferior because there's a lack of basic human respect for the human beings. There's just a basic lack of morality in those human beings. The meaning of respect is that we treat other beings the way we would like to be treated. We admire certain qualities that they have, and we respect them, we try not to harm them. But when we lose our respect, we lose our respect because of such ignorance. And the degrees of ignorance in the world have come because the lack of restraint. When I was a small child, even older, There was such a thing as a day, one day a week when people didn't work, at least. It was called either on Sunday or Saturday, Mm -hmm. or Sabbath day. The stores were closed. You would never find a store open on Sunday. Then little by little, that kind of wore away, and the the banks, the, the apartment buildings, or the office buildings got taller than the places of religious worship, And so our values also became skewed. Our spirituality became less important than our economic success. Money just dominated everything. And then the stores were open every day. Nowadays, the stores are open 24-7. This is an encouragement for people to not stop consuming, not stop being engaged with money, with the world, with getting and spending, possessing. But what happens to stopping and listening and caring and being present? How important it is for us to take time to sit, stop, and listen so that we can know the truth. And we can also reflect on the kamma. If we don't practice and develop virtue, then it's more difficult for us to understand kama because we're so busy creating kama based on our notion of what's important that we don't give attention to realize the truth of why we're here on this planet through our meditation practice. Through listening when the heart is open and seeing how silent the mind can be and realizing the four noble truths but if we don't understand the four Normal truths, then we just continue to create suffering, more and more and more, and we get into deeper and deeper struggle, and we don't have answers for how to end the struggle. We never know. We don't never learn. There's a third noble truth. There's a way out of this mess. It's by being conscientious in how we live our lives, how we treat each other as human beings and how we choose our leaders, how we fulfill our civic responsibilities. That's the conscientiousness that acts out of understanding our kama. We cannot control each other's kama, but if many people in a group don't understand the middle way, don't understand the Four Noble Truths and act out of ignorance, and lack of sila samara, they have no self-restraint, they don't know how to stop the mind, they don't know how to cultivate the path, then we see the result. Worlds arise and cease. Empires arise and cease. The American empire, the Canadian, whatever it is, all these structures and conglomerates of people, these are all phenomena that are conditioned and impermanent. These aspects of the world. The, The world is bound to change. And the way we want to affect change is not through destroying the goodness. So we cultivate as much goodness as we can. Of course, goodness is never lost. It's cumulative. Just like our practice, the merit that we make, the goodness that we produce through our practice is never lost. And that's the power of creating good karma. If you study your mind more and more and more, you begin to see the results of living according to virtue and taking care of the state of the mind then one would try to save life, to preserve life, even when life feels desperate and not worth living. That's just ignorance in the mind. That's not uh, wisely seeing. If we're wisely seeing, we wouldn't entertain those thoughts. We would banish them. We come to a place within us that sees the kama of beings in the planet evolving according to a law, that ignorance begets ignorant action and wisdom begets wise action. So if we can continue to respond skillfully, then we can put the flames out, at least in our own hearts. And it may be horrifying to other people, but we have compassion. Our response must be one of compassion. And if we can act skillfully compassionately to encourage a good response to encourage wholesomeness to encourage good treatment of whoever we meet then eventually we can bring a decrease in hostility at least not add to the greed to the hatred and delusion in the world one person less operating from those principles and Operating from a place of non-fear, of non-greed, of non-ill-will, of non-ignorance. This is how we can temper the mood. And it isn't just through language. It's, of course, it's through a deep understanding within us and through a, a compassion that comes from a, a deeper place. A resilience based on peace in the mind. That also is based in virtue, living wholesomely, thinking wholesomely, having compassion for the victim and the perpetrator, the whole system. We have to take responsibility and we have to respond well. So nonviolent communication takes more than a village. It's become a global pandemic but it can also be a a global healing because communication now is 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 so fast and so fast if the buddha was on zoom more and more and the buddha is on zoom (laughs) but sometimes uh yeah there are stronger forces at work and there are dark ages and Ages of light. But as long as we keep the light burning within us, we don't invite the dark age by destroying our life or by giving up. We just to the very last breath, even if somebody walks in the hall and shoots us. We try to have compassion for the shooter. So we have a skillful mind state in our last breath. Yes, I I totally agree. And I do agree that we must do what we can do, whatever we can do. Thank you, Paul. I have a question. I just wondered what would the Buddha's idea of justice be? It's a karmic law. It isn't justice in the way that we, there is no justice. (laughs) You can see there's no justice in the human realm. No, it might. There might be some in some ways, but it's very limited. It's conditioned. It's conditioned by the state of mind of the people in positions of judging. Running systems and systems are imperfect it's an imperfect world cannot be perfect. But if we can learn not to judge ourselves, that's one way to start. Because the self judgment comes from believing in a self and that comes from ignorance. And we have to let that go and probe more deeply, probe into the essential emptiness of the body-mind processes, to see the elements with four elements and the mind, and to hold the, the light of the mind as foremost, so that we, if we take care of that inner light and develop it and nurture it, then we awaken to the truth of the way things really are. And then we don't believe in these systems. We know that they're conditional and they're limited. And when they fail, We're not shocked, but we can embody a a compassion that is unshakable in the face of that. We continue to work with compassion towards any being that we work with, that we live with, that we deal with, that we encounter, and make our lives a, a seamless work of compassion to the best of our ability, but we can't demand compassion from the world. Because the human realm is full of suffering and non-suffering, and it operates according to a law of karma. We're born here in many kinds of conditions based on lifetimes of living and dying and living and dying and following virtue or not following virtue. And finally, the ability to purify the mind totally is the freedom from this vicious cycle of birth, death, birth, and death death But to really break free from that, we have to die to the greed and die to the anger and die to the ignorance. That death. and we're fearless, we're not afraid the kandas, the dying of the, the heaps of the body, the sense doors, all that sense bases that death is just a shedding a coat till the next consciousness arises. What we want to ensure is that it arises in a higher realm or in a human realm where we have the conditions to realize Nibbana, realize this supreme potential of a human being where that light, that Dhamma light is completely illuminated.